on. Hi, everybody. So it's been another crazy day. Um, and <laughs> there's just no letting up. Um, I think have many of you might have seen, did you see just, did you see the Prime Minister and her talk um, today about, uh, did you see that, Phil? She was talking, I think, let me get. So I no, I haven't seen that. Uh, I took a screenshot. She was commenting on, I think it was to the extent that um, everyday activities apparently are not going to be available to some of us. It will become very clear to people that if you're not vaccinated, there will be things you miss out on, everyday things you miss out on. It's about rewarding the people who've gone out and done the right thing. So I'm sure there's a large number of people on this call. We're up to over 2,000 of you already who uh, would be disagreeing with our Prime Minister there. Um, I, I, did, I did read about it. And um, uh, there's a Mr. Jackson quoting saying, no job, no jab, sorry, no jab, no job, no fun. Oh, not, yeah. not very nice, not very nice at all. <laughs> no, so we're really, um, everybody is feeling the squeeze, but just, I know that you will know that you're not alone. We've seen, you've seen how many people got out on the weekend. Um, it's the great job done by the, uh, the educators as well with the car rallies. Um, also just, um, our number of people joining with Voices for Freedom, it's over a thousand people a day. And I've said previously, we're looking like we will get well over a hundred thousand people before the end of the year. Um, it's pushing us because um, as we'll mention a little bit here, we, we've only set up um, less than a year ago as a voluntary, uh, well, a not-for-profit um, organization because we foresaw all of this was going to happen but it's really um just in the last few weeks that people have also realized that this is so much more wide-reaching than i thought a lot of people were thinking hey aaron murphy is from oakura awesome place and <laughs> that's where i'm from um Okay, I will we'll leave the chat on for a little bit and then we'll turn it off when we get to discussing things. Today's going to be very much this evening, sorry, a practical um, look at different options that are open to you and taking you through some of the resources. Uh, we still do not have an order or a mandate. We'll be reiterating that throughout this evening, but um, there's no order in respect of educators, um, those involved in education or the healthcare uh sector for mandated vaccines, despite the letters that you will have seen if you're working for a DHB um, or other correspondence from schools. So I'll, I'll get started now. And like I say, I will turn off the chat in a while and then we'll turn the chat back on at the end. You are able to um, communicate, like send a message that we can see. Although when I say that, the, the questions go very fast. So we have been putting those into a set of FAQs, which I will show you up on our website now. Um, but just so you know that when I turn off the chat, we can still see it, but not super easily. And we will take note of those and try to endeavor to answer those. So thank you very much everybody for coming and welcome to Voices for Freedom Employment Law webinar. Um, I'm Claire Deeks, one of the co-founders of Voices for Freedom alongside uh, Libby and Alia. Uh, we have a huge team though of people assisting us. It's um, massive. Um, contributions. So we are certainly, you know, not alone, but the number of people coming and seeking um, help now is just 
we've got you know over a thousand communications coming in uh, a day in various platforms and particularly our inbox so we do just ask for your um patience and some in some of those replies and, and we'll be letting you know a better way that you can communicate with us just for those of you that might not know so much about voices for freedom i'm going to just quickly let you know a few things that we have done we've um, fundraised and sent out two million um, delivered two million flyers we've just had um, put an order in for another million flyers that we'll be getting out and about delivered we fundraised for 100 billboards some of those were taken down, but we did generate a lot of press in relation to those for freedom of speech. We've had over 21 live events that we've hosted with doctors around New Zealand, um, a big symposium event. We've got many local and international collaborations in all different spheres as they relate to rights and freedoms of Kiwis, which is um, why we have set up Voices for Freedom is to defend these rights, especially freedom of speech and medical freedom. Um, we've got a COVID response survival kit that's been downloaded tens of thousands of times by many of you. We're doing an update on that. And we've now got these new template letters, which is our um, way of uh, helping you all deal with the, the deluge of requests by having these template letters and tools available on our website. And we'll be going through those tonight. Uh, so um, I'm a lawyer by background and training. Um, I had over a decade as a corporate litigation lawyer. Um, I have been um, not practicing as a lawyer for several years now and working in other businesses and now Voices for Freedom. So um, it's my pleasure to have Phil Worth with me. Um, Phil has 30, over 30 years experience as a lawyer and most recently as a litigation partner um, in the UK. And I'll let Phil introduce himself a little more uh, and then we can get started with tonight. Yes, thank you, Claire. Uh, good evening, everyone. A uh, little bit about me. Strange uh, kind of career path for me. I spent uh, the first uh, uh, 15 years of my uh, professional life as a policeman in New Zealand and uh, prosecuted at Auckland District Court in the last uh, four or five years of that time. Uh, when I completed my degree, I decided I wanted to do work in the UK and I went there and practiced in, in a, uh, a commercial law firm for uh, a number of years. Then I went into a local authority and Led, led a uh, litigation team um, working with local authority or for the local authority in respect of a whole wide range of um, actions that are taken uh, against or on behalf of that authority. So um, that's me, 33 years as practicing lawyer um, and uh, retired December last year, thinking I could return to New Zealand and have an easy life. <laughs> uh, that, that's not going to happen. Um, I saw what was happening here. Uh, my wife became involved with Voices for Freedom. I saw how how that was going and uh, met up with Claire. And uh, it's not been, I've not looked back. I've absolutely enjoyed my involvement in any way I can help Claire and Alia and Libby and um, make Voices for Freedom a success. And also to be there for all those people, all you people out there who need our help. Uh, we will do our very best for you, but you can imagine there is a lot of people out there. Thank you, Kate. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Phil. I think you um, came along at just the right time with the right experience to help behind the scenes. So Phil um, and we have joined by, I think there's seven other lawyers which are helping to work in-house behind the scenes with Voices for Freedom. And then I'll talk a bit later about the other lawyers that we've reached out to externally. But 
the first thing really just to make sure everybody is aware is that we are having so many communications a day. We have an auto response that goes out when you email us now, which does have a lot of useful links, which should cover all of um, the information that many of you do request. So do check that out. We're also going to be putting a form in place for those of you um, looking to have assistance for legal advice. Uh, that even if you filled in a form previously, we will be promoting this, the new link, which is going to help us liaise with the external lawyers. So please look out for that because, and just at this time, don't email us about a specific legal query as it's, it's not um, possible to cater to so many different queries set up like that. But in a form situation, we can look to be of, of further assistance. Um, the other thing is that please look at the website if you've got a question and we'll take you there in a moment just to screen share so that you can show some see some of the different tools that we have available but definitely check that out because there's so much information there that you will likely find that um, something to help you is already on the website now also i just want to make sure that these um we have the disclaimer here that that for tonight we're not providing legal or medical advice it's for educational purposes only and you'll need to consider your own situation and seek specific legal advice um or independent medical or legal advice uh, as that goes so this is an educational webinar now the most important thing is to hold the line here I know there is a lot of anxiety um, and not trying to downplay anybody's situation because we know it's very serious. Um, we feel for you. We, we see what's happened. You know, we're seeing so many people's personal stories. It's heartbreaking. But please, um, if you know one thing from this evening, it's to do your best to hold the line. And um, there is still no law that says teachers um, early childhood education or health workers are to be jabbed. Um, and this is despite letters from DHBs and employers that saying that the no jab, no job is mandated. Um, there is a requirement that teachers attending school in alert level areas three, if you're in alert level three, be tested before stepping foot on school grounds. We'll go into a little bit more detail on that later, but that's the order that we currently have. Do you have anything further with that, Phil? Just... I, I, I'll cover the... Um... Yeah. testing requirements a little bit later. Yes. Um, so there's also been a lot of rumours flying around. There have been some, um, I think there were some things done on Photoshop that made it look like there were certain requirements for obtaining government benefits, these sorts of things. So, um, you know, that's not to say that these sorts of things are not being thought of or talked about or things of talking about um, requirements for leaving Auckland and all that kind of thing. But um, really try before you share things to substantiate and, and check that because the, the fear that goes with this isn't helpful to people to try to when you're trying to do something constructive for yourself. So just try and check these things out before you share them on and um, be aware, be mindful. Like we're, we're obviously keeping an eye out. We're looking for when these different orders and legislation comes through. Uh, but um, just th think about that before sharing things. Now, yeah, and Phil, I think you're going to talk about just a couple of the cases that are on, on, underway, just because a, a people are, um, you know, curious or get confused about what's happening there. Sure, sure. So um, I don't know if, if uh, folk out there are aware that there was a case that was run um, uh, earlier this year, which was unsuccessful, but that this is a different case that's being run by Sue Gray, and she's uh, running a judicial review uh, against the government 
uh, in, in respect of the amended vaccinations order. This is the order that extended from uh, to, to include border workers and uh, connections to border workers. So it's an extended uh, order. Uh, and um, that is going to be heard on Thursday and Friday this week. Uh, we anticipate an early decision, possibly the week after, but that's not entirely clear. And so I, I, I wouldn't hold that as gospel. It depends on how long the judge takes to formulate his judgment. Um, that case might have an impact on anything that Voices for Freedom uh, might be thinking about and taking in terms of uh, a judicial review in relation to teachers and healthcare workers uh, as two distinct groups who are not uh, part of the extended order. And we're still waiting, of course, for the vaccination order to come, although it was announced over a week ago. Um, and we'll have to have a look, close look at that to see how that's been framed. But I think the case in respect of uh, um, teachers and um, healthcare workers who are not directly linked to the borders uh, in, in any way uh, is much stronger to battle with than the one that Sue is fighting because uh, what's called the health rationale for the limitation on the Bill of Rights uh, is stronger for the Crown in that case because the risk of infection and transmission at the borders is, is, is the greatest um, there and not in uh, out in the community or indeed in using the teacher's uh, example in schools where children are least likely to be the ones that are be infected transmit or have transmission problems or indeed to suffer significantly from COVID if they do get it. So um, we that would be a case if we were to take for teachers and um, healthcare would be working on that base and saying that any kind of limitation on the Bill of Rights and requirement to vaccinate is disproportionate and unreasonable limitation of that right. Um, it's not easy to run those cases and the judiciary very often are very reluctant to overturn decisions by government which they make ostensibly for the uh, health of the nation. Um, and so we, we would have to put the very best case we possibly could, but there's never any guarantee of success. And I'm sure uh, people out there will, will appreciate that. Uh, the other case that's being run is, um, is an employment case taken on behalf of a, a group of teachers and ECE and healthcare workers. Uh, and that uh, is being run. I believe that the um, advocate is a chap called Greg Bennett, who's uh, taking that case. Uh, and he's looking to have it brought before the Employment Relations Authority and then uh, passported into the uh, uh, the employment court where he can seek an injunction against the the mandate, the vaccination mandate. Uh, he's also seeking to get damages for um, uh, injury to feelings and uh, humiliation. So those are the two cases that are running. And I've just touched briefly on the possibility of something that Voices for Freedom are looking at very carefully right now. Thanks, yeah, Jane. that's right. So um, we're not a part of those cases, but um, obviously we keep abreast as much as we can and um, keep you updated. So um, right now, oh, we are really, what we've seen as a need is to just look at what are actually, what are the orders that are out 
and how we can assist in those whilst being mindful, of course, of what is said from the podium and so what looks likely. Of course, a lot of this is what's called trial balloons, where they say one thing, they say deliberately something that's more uh, dramatic or further than they're planning just to test the water or to even make people get more fearful so that when, you, when they actually come out with what they're seeking, it seems as somewhat as a relief or it's less, but it's still nevertheless draconian. So we do keep in mind all of those things. But with, with that said, we've got all these materials that we've put together on the website to really, uh, we want to empower you to take action because clearly with possibly 700,000 plus adult New Zealanders directly impacted and that they do not want to get the jab. There's various figures of how many people are left, but um, at least 650,000, but quite possibly 100,000 more. Then uh, those people, and then all the people that are affected by them, families, um, probably some of you here, um, people who live with those people, if you're like seeing the, the, the extent with the testing and so forth of um, them wanting to have people who live in the same um, place as someone who, who's an early childhood educator in the home. So there's a huge impact for all of that. And there wouldn't even be enough lawyers in the whole of New Zealand to really um, cater for this. So you're going to have to empower yourself. And um, I'll do a quick refresh in a minute of the different materials that we have. The other thing is, as we mentioned, we did a quick webinar on Sunday that we have established relationships with various lawyers and employment advocates. Um, and we are looking to be like a foreshadow before that have a system where we can link you with those people. Um, and it may well be that Voices for Freedom is able to assist in respect of the costs of those actions. But we clearly have to have a, a system that we can handle the demand. So that is why, as I said before, we're going to have a form available where you can put your need in. But we would ask that firstly, you would definitely look to work on things yourself by getting a template um, and following instructions. And we have an FAQ. So I'll show you that in a minute. Um, and, but as I say, those we have got a law firm that we're working with and we've just agreed on um, a relationship with them where we're going to be able to have um, a, a person work full time on these matters. And there'll be there are other firms as well that will seek those relationships with. And then um, if anybody on the call is aware of good lawyers who would like to be part of our recommended lawyers, then that's great if you can, um, that one, if you can email us and just put in caps in the heading um, lawyer um, to assist, right? And we will look to talk with them and get them involved. So, um, yes, I, I think, Phil, I was going to, I'm going to screen share and if you can just talk through a few of the points there. So, uh, to begin with, as uh, Claire in indicated earlier, it's very important that, um, uh, that you hold the line, that uh, you don't uh, concede anything to the, to, to your, uh, employers with a board of trustees or DHBs, uh, and that you begin uh, the work of getting together all the information that you need, um, which would include your employment agreement, your position description. Um, look at your employment agreement. Does it specify a requirement for uh, to be vaccinated? I suspect it probably doesn't, but it's always important to check the agreement to see if it does. Uh, because that obviously creates a problem for you if, if there is a requirement to be vaccinated because then you have a contractual obligation. Yeah, um, and I'm just, in, sorry, Phil, I just so, so just to show you guys that what I did, you go to, um, you go to resources here 
and you click on employment kit if you haven't already. Um, or if you have and you've lost your place, you can do this again and it will take you there. So you go to employment kit. It'll take you to a sign up to get the kit. Um, you'll land on this page for employment resources. And what Phil's speaking to right now is the read first homework part of this. There are webinars here and there's a whole lot of other information here that we'll cover in a minute. But he's just talking about what you get behind this read first. So um, yes, so go into that tab and then th th there's a whole series of questions that you need to ask yourself. If you complete those, um, then um, as you go, that helps us in understanding what the chronology is. So in other words, this is to assist you uh, in um, preparing a chronology so that we know exactly what happened from uh, on, on the specific dates that um, action is taken by the employer presenting letters or, or having contact with you about the vaccination. Yeah, this is the one that um, you would take to your, if you're going to do it yourself, yeah. but it would also be useful if you end up coming through to get your own lawyer or are assisted by us. So either way, these are, this is really important information that will um, save everybody time and potentially you um, money um, with getting advice. Thank you, yes. Um, just a few points on the uh, employment relationship. Um, just to remember that uh, the employment relationship is based on good faith between the employer and employee. And that's a mutual obligation you have to each other. And that means that there's a need for the employer to consult with you and to negotiate with you as is necessary uh, all around this whole um, area of the mandatory vaccinations and any changes of um, terms and conditions. That means the employee needs to give you information, perhaps in writing, and give you enough time to consider it. At meetings, make sure that you uh, have a support with person with you. You are entitled to it. Um, um, be sure that uh, you um, have the you have sufficient information about the meeting, what it's about, and an outline for it. Um, it's worth recording the, the meeting. Don't do that in secret. Um, just indicate in the meeting that you want to record it. It's to benefit both parties and uh, you can offer to share. And, and I, I would certainly urge that you agree to share the recording with the employer at the conclusion or once the, um, once the meeting is completed and you're able to send it to them. Uh, and um, the good thing about a recording is it makes sure that both parties, <laughs> both parties behave properly and professionally towards each, uh, each other because everything is being recorded. Um, need to be aware that there are mutual obligations of health and safety, both on the employer and the employee, to make sure that they uh, live and work in a risk, well, a risk-free or as free from risk environment as possible, uh, and that uh, the right steps are taken to ensure your health and safety. That means that the employer needs to consult with you when they're proposing some, some steps or measures to address a risk, uh, uh, in this case, uh, infection or transmission of COVID, to have that discussion with you, what the measures they propose, and that in this case would be vaccination, and they should be talking to you about that and why. They should do a risk assessment of the role that you're in that's not a, a it's not a person specific 
risk assessment assessment it's a role assessment uh, and the reality of the risk in other words uh, that the risk of transmission infection is not purely fanciful but a real risk and they have to demonstrate that to you uh, and um, how and um, how the uh, employer proposes that the vaccination is appropriate for meeting that um, risk. Now, an employer can't just simply introduce a new term into your contract. That has to be expressly agreed. Um, now, the um, employer, in, in the case of schools, the Board of Trustees or the DHBs will say that this is a, a statutory obligation that they have to comply with, but that doesn't mean that they don't have to fulfill their health and safety obligations to their employees. That remains the case. They must continue to do that. And therefore, that proper consultation with you must take place. Um, if your role is mandated or if you've been requested, wait for your employer to raise with you the need for you to be vaxxed. Don't invite them to, uh, to tell you, let them come to you and raise it with you. It's likely that this will be in writing um, as probably in a letter or even in an email. Keep a copy of that written communication, either hard copy or electronic, best if it's electronic, because it's easier to compile into a bundle later if it's needed for, um, for uh, legal proceedings. Okay. So you'll be notified in writing, either in a letter or an email, keep it. Keep the electronic record if it's by email uh, and add it to your chronology. Do it as soon as it happens so you don't get lost with the correspondence because undoubtedly there will be exchanges of correspondence that will pick up pace and you'll need to keep up with your chronology. Um, sometimes an employer might just call a meeting uh, and uh, I would suggest that you don't go to that meeting unless you have a full idea of what it's about, you've had plenty of time in which to prepare for it, uh, and that you have a support person who can go with you. Uh, and again, as I say, consider recording that meeting. Uh, if, it's a written, if it's a written notification of, uh, of the requirement, then of the requirement for vaccine or a mandated requirement for vaccine, then you need to respond to your employer. Uh, and that should be in writing, of course. And we have uh, some uh, template letters that you can use. We haven't got one for teachers and um, healthcare workers yet because the order hasn't come out. But you'll see other examples on the resources page. And it's, uh, it's, it's worth a few worth actually familiarizing yourself okay, with those letters because I'll share, I'll share the screen so people can see again the these different letters that we've got that you've been talking about so when you come for employment resources then you've got a webinar we've got we'll we'll put that as a link through I think to um several webinars at the moment there's one of them you've got the homework that we went over um you've got a template letter a PCR letter there uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute. You've got different letters to your employer that Phil's going to cover. Um, and there's what we've got here is one, you've got to look and read when it says down there, letter that has been mandated. There's three across the top, which are where you are subject to a mandate. But at the moment, the only people subject to a mandate are the border workers. And then there was the extended border workers. So those letters are not for um, education staff, 
Um, and if, if an order comes out, we are going to create specific ones for anybody that it's covered by that, whether at the moment, presumably education and um, medical health. So the second one below is if it is mandated. And that's the difference. The blue envelope is, sorry, the blue envelope is where it's been mandated. The, the yellow bottle is where it is not yet mandated. And then there's some personal grievance ones. I think you're going to touch on those, Phil, but just to show people where they can go. There's a letter if you've been subject to bullying, coercion, um, a letter about face masks in the workplace. And then when you click here, and we'll look at that in a minute, there's more detailed letters about the testing since we have actually now got an order about that. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, yeah, so if you wanted to, you could go and have a look at those. Bear in mind, as, as Claire says, they're not intended for uh, for the for the for the healthcare workers or for the teachers, there will be specific letters drafted for those once we've seen the order, if it comes out, uh, and um, what it contains, so that we can make sure that the the letter remains uh, relevant. Um, so, uh, just to be clear, mandated means by order of the government. Requested simply means that the the employer is uh, requesting you to have the vaccine. Um, and that they are quite different. Um, and uh, I know that some of the um, schools and DHBs have jumped the gun and have started writing out to employees saying that they require the vaccine, um, require vaccines to be undertaken and so on. There is no order for that. There is no requirement yet. So I would certainly not be um, getting involved in discussions about something that's not yet been mandated. And um, but if you do wish to, if you're in the not mandated mandated situation, um, such as the edu any pretty much is going to be many people on this call because we know that we've um, that the ones already have been on these calls with lawyers. So most of you are in that non mandated mandated situation. You can use one of those letters. Like if you want to get it out and look at it for the non-mandated and if you feel that a response is necessary in, re in respect of a letter received from the DHB, um, have a look at those three different types of letters that have been um, put up there. Yes, so, so there are, I can in, in relation to the mandated letters, the, the, long, the long version that you saw there uh, deal, details your position on the vaccine. So it deal, deals with a lot of information about the vaccine, um, the the adverse uh, events, the fact that COVID nineteen is uh, not a serious illness, and so on. I, I'm very badly summarising it, but it gives a more of a, a complete picture of of the situation. The short letter doesn't say anything about your position on the vaccine, but simply requests uh, the health and safety audits that the employer is required to to give you uh, to undertake. I beg your pardon, and to let you consult with you on. Uh, and uh, there is a medical advice letter simply requesting medical advice. Um, and it's a holding letter which you will need to respond. Yeah. And someone's, uh, I do see some quick question there about using the letters. So essentially, just um, be mindful of the disclaimers that are on the front of those letters. Um, you know, we are lawyers by background. This is what we do, like put um, extra stuff like this, which you're probably, you're stressed and you're like, what the heck's all that about? But please, if you, the best thing to do if you're wanting to um, use them is to read those first couple of pages, which are not part of the letter. Um, 
at the end of the day, if you choose to use that letter separately and um, cut and paste and do what you would like with it, that's that's okay. It's not then a letter that we have prepared. Um, it's your own version of a letter. That's that's all right. But the reason it says in there is um, there's a comment about how you can use it, is especially for people when they're sharing it. That's why if you're going to share any of our information, please share voicesforfreedom.co.nz forward slash employment. Um, I'll get our helper to put that up in a minute, the link, but the forward slash employment means that people, everybody comes in on our um, and, and gets the information. So if there's any updates, any typos or errors or anything noticed, they're going to get that update and get the full picture. Because if you just forward the letter by itself or without the disclaimers, um, that's when you know problems can arise. So that's just to cover some questions there in the comments about how to use the letters. Yes, and I, I don't just just quickly. I noticed someone saying, "Should they use the long or short letter?" The short answer is uh, re read them and see which one suits you best. Um, it depends on how you feel about it, uh, how you feel about um, the vaccine, how you feel about the whole COVID nineteen um, mess, uh, and um, one describes it in much more detail than the other. And uh, you may feel that that's what you want to put to your employer. Uh, and um, so it's really a matter of personal choice. Both work in, in different ways uh, and um, have a look and, and, and see how, how each one uh, works for you. Um, so having sent that letter off, you just need to wait for the employer's response. Uh, and when you get that, um, then uh, if it, well, if you don't get a response, then um, obviously the, the employer has failed to follow due process and um, failed to conduct the audit and then then you can raise a personal grievance uh, and we have a uh, some help on the on the website about raising personal grievances and a template I believe on on there yeah. so that's down here these personal grievances um, there's a letter to the employer a pre-mediation um, form and application to employment authority. So these are um, done so that it may be you that is going to use them. It gives you some idea of what's involved and also could be something if you end up taking it to a lawyer who's not yet been um, briefed on these things, that will be a helpful place to start for them for a background. Um. Uh, yes, thank you, Claire. Um... The, uh, the, other, the other thing I noticed just coming up in the chat, so I got distracted by, by the chat coming up. Somebody was asking um, that uh, the unions were saying, or, or, or just noting that some of the unions uh, weren't in support. Well, it has rather shocked me that uh, all the unions seem to have come out in support of mandating the vaccine, which doesn't seem to me to be... Uh, uh, running or operating in for for, for the uh, well-being and health of all of the the uh, people that they are uh, responsible for as a union, um, and um, I have noticed uh, people mentioning mentioning the possibility of strikes, and I just have to say um, that needs to be that's something that I wouldn't recommend because strikes need to be done through ballots to be lawful, uh, and. Um, so um, th there are other other forms of action that teachers can take, and uh, that's probably not for me to say what you should do. But uh, I'm sure that um, uh, that um, the government will wake up 
if they find that teachers suddenly have left school and not returning and left a serious problem with teaching in the same in the healthcare sector with um, with uh, um, people, midwives staff leaving. Yeah. Yeah, the midwives, yes, particularly the midwives. Who, and we, um, we do know that the midwives have been um, getting in touch with their DHBs um, who they uh, and letting and advising them that it is looking like they will be needing to hand over their caseloads, which can be considerable numbers. I know some of you that are on the call, uh, there are some midwives which have caseloads of 500 women up to June of next year. And um, that's a serious issue for the hospitals to have to deal with. So some of this does come into, um, you know, the position of leverage that you may find yourself in. And if you're able to express that in a way that I would um, encourage that the way to do that would be to state something that looks like you're going to be forced to do rather than um, putting it with ultimatums and so forth. But that's something that we've set up these industry groups, which we haven't really talked about. I think we well, did. I'm losing track of what I said, but um, it's really helpful if you can know what I other people in the there. same industry so as you are doing. Here, so the update on the industry groups, thank um, you for your patience. It's employer, just taken a little longer uh, than we first anticipated um, because we have set up a platform that's um, so entirely um, built separately. It's not so a, a it social media um, use them. A it gives third party idea right, of what's going to be secure. And, also and we've got the first if, um, people have been in there today. Everything looks like it's ready to go. We're just testing it today. Some groups have already been got together in telegram because we want it we didn't want to delay but for those other ones yes, it you, was Claire. felt um, preferable to hold off a little the, bit of a delay uh, other, so that we can actually have a secure platform we can't chat, be kicked so off um, and so forth so there'll be more information please keep checking your emails about the industry group and do be aware on that note that unfortunately i think it's just a stress of the times a lot of people filled in the form with the wrong email so if you haven't received any information about industry groups please um, go to our website, go to the Take Action tab and resubmit that form because it will be okay. We won't, it won't double up in the system and that way, and just take extra care with your email. I think we've got a system now where you have to verify the email twice. Um, but yes, and I wanted to just show, we can, are we looking at the PCR testing now as to what, so I'll just share the screen again so you can see where to go on this. When you are on the website, so you've come to this section that you've bookmarked after you've signed up for the forward slash employment, um, you, there's PCR here. Um, now, there are different letters that, oh, actually, it hasn't been saved yet, sorry. If you, if you go to resources, I know this is, you go to the resources tab and come down to template letters PCR, okay? So under resources on our website, come to this template PCR. And when you click there, you'll get a number of different letters that relate to testing. So tonight, just because it's a specific group that is under the gun in this with the with um, having had a mandate, we're going to talk about the teachers, but you can see that we've got a general template letter for an employer, um, one with crossing the alert level boundary and one with an M, if you're an MIQ or have friends or family in MIQ and they're wanting to um, make a stand in respect of those PCR tests. But I'll let Phil catch up on these two, which you can see one for um, the, the two letters. One is in request for a man, a request for um, education staff. And they've just got this cherry. I'm not quite, I'd have to ask Alia what the um, 
significance of that. But of the ones with the cherry apple, the teachers and the mandated one is what we're talking about specifically here. Now, put that there so you can, um, if you want to speak to that one, Phil. Yeah, so, I, well, what, what I'd like to do is just go back to, to the order itself. Yes. Uh, and um, just just to re remind people um, that uh, that teach that the order specifies teachers, ECE staff, and service pro providers attending school um, at level three are required to be tested, and the test uh, means a test done at a testing centre. It must be either a uh, one of the following, or could be one or more of the following, actually, nasal swabs, mouth or throat swabs, and there is the possibility of saliva testing in um, in the um, order, but uh, I have to say that at the moment there aren't enough centres at which saliva testing is offered, uh, and at the moment it's not being specifically offered to teachers or healthcare workers. It's being offered actually to uh, border workers, uh, particularly port workers, I believe, uh, who can have the saliva, saliva testing and they have to do uh, recurring tests. Um, the um, order specifies that um, uh, that, a net, that uh, the person, the affected person, which will be the, the relevant educational prof professional, um, has to be, if they're physically attending or performing work or providing a service on site at an early childhood service or hostel must provide uh, to the employer no later than the 26th of October, that's uh, not far away, a negative result from a test for COVID-19. And that has to have been obtained within the, within the previous five days. So um, actually not too far away when someone needs to, when people need to be booking their tests. Um, unless or, or unless you can you have proof of a medical exemption under clause eight but i have to say that um, those are rarely given for um, pcr tests and there must to be a really good reason that your gp can provide that would uh, allow for you to um, apply that exemption uh, the other group of affected persons are those who provide home-based education and care service, uh, and they must they must not provide the service after the 26th of October, unless every affected person who resides in the home, that could be the family as well, uh, where the service is provided, has provided a negative result from the, uh, a negative test result, um, sorry, within the previous five days. So that's from now effectively and uh, then the, the, the third group is um, are those um, teachers or, or, or those support staff who physically attend or perform work or provide a service on-site and at an affected education service other than a home-based education and care service uh, unless there's been a negative test within the previous five days. So those are the three groups, and um, I, I've, I've referred to the uh, what's available in terms of the tests. That's the um, nose swabs, mouth swabs, and there is a reference to saliva, but um, testing 
but that uh, doesn't seem to be a practical option at the moment unless government provides a whole whole bunch more um, testing centres available to, to, uh, to give that. The provisions about testing, just so that it's clear, don't indicate that the centres can direct which tests should be applied, um, nor does it say that uh, the person who's presenting themselves for a test can demand a particular test. But it seems to me that if you are having recurring tests, that you can stipulate that you have the non-invasive type test, in other words, either the mouth swab or if it's available, uh, saliva testing. And it would be unreasonable, I think, to refuse to give you those, given that there'd be a recurring requirement for those people who are not going to be vaccinated. Um, I hope, hope that um, makes, makes sense. Uh, just see. Somebody's asking who pays for the test. So I know in the letter we have um, said that we consider when you're writing uh, to the school about, or if it's the facility uh, that you would like them to pay for it, that you think that that should be the appropriate thing that was done. Um, yeah. So it, there's no, it's no commentary on that, but that would be what we would suggest that you say. Yes, I, I, that's right. I, I, I think this is a requirement of the employer. Uh, it would be unreasonable to expect them to expect the employee to pay the costs of each of the tests. Um, and uh, and I, I, I see that, um, uh, well, I would expect that the employer would pick up the tab if they don't. Um, I, I think that they, you know, there's going to be a problem there, isn't there? Because uh, if you're not funded to take the tests, uh, I'm assuming that people will not present themselves for the test, or they will present themselves for the test, but not pay until it's yeah, got it's, to refer the invoice to the employer. What we're going to do is try and we will engage in some correspondence to see what we can do to get the saliva testing extended and to get clarification on those costings, because it seems a completely reasonable uh, request. And um, so that's what we will look to do. Um, I'm just looking through here. So it, it is a little confusing just when you're probably hearing it. We did send an email that clarified exactly some more information about this, um, uh, this testing order. So I just sent an email again this evening. It's the one that has the title, hold the line at the top. Um, actually, I can possibly maybe quickly get the link for that so that you can get it and that just it's maybe easier when you see it written down as to who's covered but the key thing was that for this week it was covering those it would really be those in alert level three who would have to go into school for emergency for them for the children that are there for the emergency um, schooling but other than that if you're at home there was that time frame of next Tuesday to get this done um, to have it done before next Tuesday I'll just get the that link so people can have it. Link. Copy. And I do want, I've put in the comments, um, as we've said, if you've been on previous webinars, um, I'll just type this. Sorry, I can't do it. Link to info uh, retesting. Okay, this link, it's a funny link, but that link is to the email that I've sent this evening in case it didn't get to you. Um, and that has got more information about the testing and writing, just kind of summarizing what Phil has just said. Now, um, yeah, so wait a minute, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> so can I, I was, just, can I just say, yes. yeah, 
I mean, people are saying, well, it, it, the, the, about the PCR test, the nasal swabs, sorry, the mouth or throat swabs, they are also PCR tests, but they're doing it in a different way. They're just using a swab from the mouth. So it's not as an invasive procedure. Uh, yes, there, there is the possibility they can collect DNA from that, but I think that's unavoidable. And for teachers who want to carry on teaching and are happy to uh, undertake a uh, mouth swab, um, I don't, I don't think they're collecting DNA, but who knows these days what what what's uh, what they're capable of. But um, I, I don't know what the, the the only alternative to that is to stop working and um, make your protest heard that way. I've just but put in the a, comments. That's an individual decision. Oh. Sorry, I was just saying, but that's an individual decision. That you know, yeah. it's easy for people to say, "Well, we'll just stop working," but that that had that's a whole world of hurt for a lot of people mm. so as we've been saying i've just put in the comments a couple of times the faqs that we've written out and are on our website which are based on questions we get in the emails and questions we've had in webinars so definitely um peruse those this, um this evening or tomorrow and you'll i think you'll find those helpful um, we will collect as well the, the questions that have been asked tonight. We'll try to get to a few of them now, but um, we'll do that so that we can then um, put add to our FAQs. So those FAQs are found on the website under, um, they're actually under the about. We may put them um, also under the employment, but right now if you've got that link and if you go to our website and check on the about tab there is FAQs um, legislation FAQs and there's a whole lot of new ones that we've added um, that so they also indicate to you which letters you should use in which circumstance so hopefully that does help um, you do have to try and find a bit of a quiet time to sit down and concentrate on these things and I know somebody said oh in the comments I sent this letter I think I've sent the wrong letter look don't don't stress about that. If you sent one that was mandated and you don't think it was mandated, you haven't made it be a mandate by writing the letter, right? Just if you want, if what I would suggest is you might, depending on what has been the response, you can have another look at the other letter and just send a clarification. Um, and you'll see in the beginning of the non-mandated letter, it states that there, is, you know, there isn't a mandate or you can reiterate that and say further to my letter, I understand there is no mandate currently for this position, right? Um, so don't don't unnecessarily worry about that that situation. Um, so the industry groups, I think I've mentioned that we've just taken some time over that because especially with some groups, we didn't want them to be overridden with trolls. It's quite um, difficult to manage groups like that. So all of the groups have um, trusted admins that have come on. Um, and like I say, we're looking to launch those. We've got people in there right now in, in the new group and just rolling that out as quickly as we can. Um, and I mentioned already the email situation. If you haven't heard anything back from industry groups, um, please go to the Take Action tab and sign up again um, because it's quite likely that your email, um, there was a problem with it. Uh, I'll just finish the upcoming webinars. Um, we are looking to do these types of webinars every Tuesday on employment. I know there's a lot of questions about employers and no, we haven't forgotten about you. Um, we have got some more um, notes in place and an, um, thoughts as to bring on a, another lawyer there to, to um, cover that with us. So 
the next employment webinar for sure will be next Tuesday at this time, but in all likelihood, and depending on what other um, new legislation comes out, we'll have another one and we'll look to do something for employers as well, probably before next Tuesday. So we will have that on our website by email. Um, that's just the best way. We put it on our Telegram as well. So in a minute, when our, um, I open up the chat and um, our assistant will put through those the links for our Telegram, that is one of the best ways. We're on Telegram because we've been um, kicked off Facebook. We're not on Facebook. So that the Facebook accounts of Voices of Freedom are all fake. And they do get quite, you know, they think they're quite sophisticated. They even have fake accounts pretending to call out the other fake accounts. Um, they're all fake. We are not on Facebook at this time. And we're not on YouTube either because we got um, deleted off YouTube. So there's a lot of issues with censorship. That's, um, so we're on Telegram, which is a sort of alternative channel that many of you might not be familiar with. It's actually quite easy and we just use it as a notification board for upcoming things. Um, so I think the key thing, right, Phil, before maybe we get a chance to have a look at a few comments is um, to make sure that you don't panic, that you take a deep breath, um, don't quit, uh, don't go into meetings on your own without support. Um, at the very least, send an, uh, an email. If you feel like you're caught on the fly and somebody is demanding to have you in a meeting tomorrow or um, very soon, you want to reiterate that you're getting advice and support and that you're a more appropriate time to meet, you know, would be like give yourself a few days, whatever seems reasonable. After tomorrow, it would be reasonable to suggest the beginning of next week. Um, don't don't be alone and get connected in the industry groups and empower yourself, take action um, and keep an eye out as well for the form. For, we, we appreciate that getting legal advice can be daunting. It can be um, people feel, you know, if you don't have the uh, funding. So we are really looking to a way to be able to assist people and help a lot of people in the same time. Um, it's just a process of setting up the systems at the same time as also helping people. Um, I don't know, Phil, if you've got some more comments, I'll have a look. Did you see uh, it? Uh, well, I, just, 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 uh, just to be aware that there is a very, very large group. There are three and a half thousand people at this webinar, teachers and, and uh, healthcare workers. So a very, very large group of people. You have a lot of power in your hands. If each, each, if each and every one of you didn't go to work tomorrow, where would it leave everybody? That's that's the thought. I'm not <laughs> I'm not advocating that. Um, perhaps a, 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 an anecdote um, that there is a there are a group of healthcare workers in Ontario who were told that they all needed to be vaccinated, uh, and uh, when the day came when they were all supposed to be vaccinated and they weren't, the Ontario government had no choice but to extend it for a further month. And I suspect that when that month expires. They'll have to do it again, um, unless, of course, they've hired enough staff to replace the people that weren't vaccinated. And and um, that that is a sort of power that you will have. Don't don't think you don't have a lot of power in your hands. You do. Mm. You do. There are so many of you. I've just been notified of a few things from the team. Um, just to clarify, so the PCR letters. They are being updated again tonight. So that's all right. Sorry, it can get a little bit confusing, but you know, we're chasing so many updates and different things happening all the time. So 
those PCR letters that I indicated to you, I, I gave you the reference for where to go. Um, I'll put it in again. But best thing to do is have a look at the other letters tonight and see where you're at and look at the PCR ones in the morning. I just put that link there because they will be updated. And the other thing, which isn't incredibly important, but I'm being told it's an apple for teachers, not a cherry. <laughs> so <laughs> very important. But if you're looking for the teacher letters, they've got an apple on them. Um, I'm seeing if there was anything else. I just, just sorry, Claire, I noticed in the chat that some people who, who are not teachers and healthcare workers, and I apologize for all those people uh, that are listening into this and listening to this webinar who are not in those two groups. Um, you, of course, are in the same boat uh, as the non-mandated groups. In other words, I suspect that a lot of you will be working in companies that are not mandated to uh, have the vaccination where the company is requiring you to do it. Uh, and to, to you folk, I would say this, that uh, there are template letters for you to use. I would urge you to use them. Um, they, they, uh, the company has an obligation to go through all the health and safety audits and risk assessments and so on in the same way as I described for the mandated um, um, teachers and healthcare workers. Uh, and you should follow that same process that I described uh, earlier on. Uh, and you will come, come to using our temp template letters and um, see where that takes you. I know some employers have had uh, our letters and I've had feedback from people who've used them who've said that it has made the employer sit back and think about what they're asking. Uh, and uh, obviously because they couldn't demonstrate a proper health and safety rationale for imposing the vaccine. So uh, that, that, there's that uh, for those folk who are out there and not in the health care sector or in uh, teaching. Mm. Yeah, that's right. So, yes, I think the easiest thing to do is to... Um, to respect everybody's time because we're already at the hour is that we will do as we've said otherwise we'll I'll copy those the comments and the questions and we will turn those into FAQs where we see that there's a significant number of people asking the same questions uh, we do have like I said I've put the link so there's FAQs under the about tab on our website also under the watch tab on our website um, it goes through to our, the video channel and you've got, like Phil mentioned, the health and safety webinar that we did with the health and safety expert, really worth watching um, and just goes over the different things that you could think about and then put to an employer, or at least you'll know what the employer ought to have done. Um, you've got uh, two, or th I think we've got three or maybe even four webinars now that we've done on employment law. They're actually all a little bit different. Um, the first one we did, we had a lawyer and an employment advocate. Um, then we've um, had one where we had the, some of the barristers that are going to be helping us. So um, I think you'll find them all useful. But the key one that covers a lot of the topics is the one that's included in the employment kit. And the other one that I should add there is the health and safety one that you can find um, on our video channel. So like I say, you just go to the Voices for Freedom and click on the watch tab and it takes you directly there. Uh, just checking to see if there's any other notes from our team that we should be um, talking about. I think, um, let me check. Um, hmm. 
I think that's really covers everything because just the, just the key thing that there are many of you and like I say, the best way we've got um, groups that have mobilized and when you can connect with each other. So we appreciate that there's been a bit of a delay in connecting everybody together, but it's ready to go. So very shortly you will be getting um, shared with more information on that. So that would be one of the key things I would think uh, to look at doing. And I and just to reiterate, we're going to. There's a lot of stuff in the news, uh, which is seriously depressing to to people about what the government plans are for those who don't want to take the vaccination. You know, vaccination passports and um, uh, no job, no jab, no fun. Um, oh, sorry, no, no jab, no job, no fun. I keep getting that round the wrong way. But it's all the same. <laughs> it's all terrible. Oh. It's the second time. A second. That was uh, second time I've made that. Era. but um it's it's uh, the best thing to do is turn off the tv don't listen to the news don't read the paper because all it's going to do is bring you down and, we do uh, need unfortunately some people have to sacrifice the hour or so to listen to these <laughs> briefings i'm not in that category i get you know i can't listen but um there are some very uh you know uh, courageous people who do take the time. Actually, the funny thing is that um, I know one of our friends who runs the um, coronavirus plushie, we should do a shout out to him because he does brilliant videos. So definitely he's on Telegram and BitChute. Not sure if he's on, I think, Telegram and BitChute, but if you know, if someone's got the link, Chase, you might put it there for, um, oh, Chase, I put the Telegram account, but also coronavirus plushie. And he's got a thing going on with the thumbs up, thumbs down. And, you know, I know this is all, we're all very serious here. And, but sometimes, you know, in any way, it's true. People, people are not happy. So if it gives you some kind of pleasure to go over there and put your thumbs down, um, that's, a, that's a little thing he's got going on, as well as very, very good videos that highlight the hypocrisy of so much of what is going on. So do remember, if you are um, in the situation of wanting to still, you know, which we highly encourage you to share information that can help people understand some of the science. Um, that Peter McCullough, the video, the work that he did, and we put lots of different versions of what he did on our website, or on, the, on the video channel at Watch. Those have been the most successful at people understanding what's going on. So there's lots of different versions of what he did that we cut it to five minutes. But one of the best ones is a 30 minute one that actually Coronavirus Plushy made for us, which um, puts in not only his talk, but useful um, screenshots and shares of what he's actually talking about. So I highly recommend to look up that one. And also um, just what was the other one that's come in? Oh, just the videos of Jacinda, um, the, the, when she's saying that this does not, COVID, the vaccine doesn't stop you getting COVID, right? And doesn't stop you transmitting. So uh, I think that's one of the most powerful things and most powerful points, because it, if, with that being the case, none of this is, of course, um, makes any sense on a scientific level. But we, we, we know, most of you here will know that. It's just that I think it's important if you can keep sharing that information. Yeah, people haven't. Most people here are not. They've checked their TV out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, look. Well, oh, I know what I need to do before we leave. I do have to do this funny thing where I get all the comments because it doesn't automatically save them. Um, select all. So I just. Have while to you're do doing. That while you're doing that, Claire, I just, yes. I just want. 
I mentioned it on Sunday night uh, on the on the webinar uh, about the uh, protest action that took place in Auckland, um, in particular the the peaceful car protest. I was there. I was taking part. Um, my I've got teachers in the family, and uh, they are also affected in the same way as as teachers out there. Uh, and um, I've never been so amazed by the support that came out in their cars with, with all the signs out, the tooting of horns. Uh, there must have been thousands of cars who were in support. And what really um, impressed me was that people who weren't part of that protest who were tooting in support. I think there's a lot of support out there from all kinds of people for teachers and healthcare workers, uh, for people who are anybody who's subjected to a mandated vaccine. Um, I think there's a lot of uneasiness in the community generally about what the government is doing. And I, I, I just wanted to raise that. I, I was very proud to be part of that protest. I'm still waiting for the little whirling button. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's good to see, uh, my, it doesn't like, there's so many comments, I think it, it struggles. Wait a yeah, I'm surprised that, that protest, oh, that, I mean, we had, we had, uh, it was log jam, Queen Street, Krangapi Road, was, cars couldn't move, and yet not a peep out of the news. It just shows you that um, nobody wants to know about uh, the protest. There wasn't much about the protest in uh, the domain either. A lot of the people there joined the uh, protest in the cars. Yeah, I've done that now. So thank you, everybody. And um, just know we're working, you know, sometimes people think it's just that there's not so many of us back here either. It did start off with just the three of us um, in December, but I, you know, we've got so many people now helping and we're really gearing to be up to be able to be a slick operation. Um, I think we've, we do achieve a lot. But it's true to say that, you know, we're obviously under a lot of pressure with the number of people that have been connecting with us, just thousands and thousands. Um, so we are, um, we have people that we are contracting to undertake a um, variety of services like any not-for-profit. We now have a head office with um, a, a, a group of people who are working from between part-time to some nearly full-time. I think we've got 15 or 20 people plus all the lawyers. So uh, just wanting to reassure you that we, we have a good team. Um, we're growing, we're getting bigger and we are employing the kind of people that enable us then to uh, you know, get in touch and mobilize so many of the volunteers because we know there are thousands of people actually, quite literally of you and thank you who have volunteered but um, obviously you can appreciate there's a lot of sensitivity with the work that we do. So it's not a question of just being able to push a button and, and activate um, everybody um, in a lot of the more sensitive roles. So we're getting to all of that. And on that note, um, if you haven't already, please think to join a local group of Voices for Freedom. Um, the local groups, it's a bit different from just our mailing list. That's where people would, would like to catch up in person and either participate in some of our pop-ups, um, which have been really successful, um, peaceful, silent um, stands, stands on the street. Um, and we've got sentence signs along um, the roads that are really letting people see who we are. If you're shy, you can hold it over your face. Um, and oh, on that note, and if you're interested in 
doing that kind of thing. We're, we're really looking to help facilitate different groups to do some of these videos, which can be really powerful. So we'll have more information about that. I know some of the groups like the midwives and the, some teacher groups have already set about doing that. And I highly recommend it. Um, so it's definitely something we can kick off more with the industry. But don't forget, yeah, look on, um, take action and jo join up a local group. There's, I think we're going to be getting on before the end of the year, we'll be 25,000 people in local groups, which is incredible and really powerful. So with that, I think I've talked too many, too much. <laughs> we'll, we'll say good evening and um, take care, everyone, and check for the updated PCR letters in the morning. Okay. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you all. Yes, thank you very much, Phil. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.